Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Soaring heating costs and soaring gas prices. Prices have gone up. The stories that impact our lives live here. 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Live Sunday nights. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Facebook page. And follow me on Twitter, at John R. Whitmer, to get all the latest updates on the show. Born and raised in Wichita, Ryan Beatty graduated from Northwest High School from there, he received an athletic scholarship to play baseball at my uh, unit, my uh, alma mater, the University of Kansas. In 2008, he founded the Mattress Hub and has grown the company to a leading mattress retailer throughout the region. Now, he's decided to enter politics, filing to run for the Sedgwick County Commission seat, currently held by liberal Lacey Cruz. He joins us this evening, Ryan. Thank you for uh, thank you for stopping by. Well, that's quite an introduction, John. <laughs> I, I'm good. Glad to be here. Buddy. Well, you know, it's whatever Dave puts on the screen here. Sure, so yeah. I just do what I'm – I'm like the puppet. He's the master. I, I just do. do what he says. He's got – you know, I'm not going to tell you where his hand is. Um, so <laughs> let me let me ask you, Ryan. You, you own a successful business. You've had a Major League Baseball career. You're active in your church as an elder and an associate pastor. Why would you want to get into politics? Yeah, that seems to be the question of the week. Oh, I, don't get uh, me wrong. I mean, I'm glad to have someone yeah. to run against Lacey Cruz. Well, but. honestly, John, there's a there's several reasons. Um, I'll give you two. Uh, the first is is you know the last ten twelve years of my professional uh, life in ministry and in business, it really has been about serving, and I feel compelled to serve. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed ministry. I've enjoyed serving individuals and uh, in our church and in our community. Um, but I, I just I feel compelled to serve on a bigger level. There's issues that I care about deeply, um, and, uh, and and this is an avenue for me to be involved on a, on a different level, on a bigger level, and serve. So that that's primarily the uh, the catalyst that moves me into this new season in our lives. But uh, there's a second reason, and it's equally important. Is, is frankly, John, I'm concerned. 
Um, I don't blame you. I'm concerned uh, on a variety of things. First, I'm concerned that uh, this, the last two years, we've set a very dangerous precedent with the role of government. Uh, my business was shut down for seven weeks. I fell on the opposite side of essential, non-essential. Yeah, so did my business. I just chose to ignore oh, I know you did. their yeah. rules. <laughs> uh, so I, I think we've set a very dangerous precedent uh, in regards to the role of government. Uh, and, and frankly, I, I think we're not doing a good enough job of explaining to the, to the next generation of the importance of limited government and why this matters. And, and I believe that the conservative movement has superior policies. I believe we have a superior message, and I think we need to do a better job of telling this message. Uh, so I'm concerned about the role of government. I'm concerned economically. I think as we're on this side of COVID shutdowns, I think that we're seeing uh, uh, supply chain uh, disasters. Uh, uh, I think we're seeing now inflation is starting to settle in. Um, and this is a pivotal season for our community economically. Um, and, and I'm concerned uh, that, that we're not going to seize this opportunity and maintain competitiveness as we move forward. And I know that's one of the core platform yeah. issues. I, I went to your website, by the way, I'm sure we'll plug it again, but if folks are interested, it's ryanbatey.com, R-Y-A-N-B-A-T-Y. But you've made improving our position county-wise uh, economically one of the core fundamental you know, platforms of your campaign. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a small business person, I see the impact that we have and small business has on local communities. I mean, you're looking at small business is the catalyst that uh, for 80% of employment in our country. So when we have a strong economy locally, it provides jobs. Uh, it provides uh, what we need in a community to make sure that we're competitive. And we, we hear the stories and we've heard the stories in this city, uh, in this community for over a decade about what Oklahoma City's done and Tulsa and Des Moines and Omaha and how competitive they come and, and, and the growth that they've had. And, and, and I think our story can be different. I don't think we have to duplicate what's happened there. I think the most important thing we can do here is to set the proper groundwork to make sure that we can have local business that thrives here. Um, and we do that with tax policy, regu regulatory policy, uh, with, with diversified uh, uh, industry here. Uh, these are things that we can do and we can control to help influence the direction we have uh, economically as we move forward. But the biggest thing we have to do and the measurement that, that really matters most to me is are we, are we keeping, are we attracting, and are we retaining our talent here? And we've seen over the last few decades where we've allowed talent to kind of seep away and move away. Um, and, and we have the perfect ingredients here. We've got great cost of living. We've got a diversified workforce. We've logistically, with transportation, we're here in the middle of the country. We have opportunities here. And what we need is this next generation of leadership to step in and help guide this ship and, and really move us in a direction to where we're competitive economically in, today, in today's where the quality of life in Sedgwick County grows for everyone. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I think we've got a track record of exporting one of our best natural resources, Talent. which is our kids. Yeah. And, and we need to stop that for sure. And, and as I was looking at your platform, going through some of the things that you focused on, I, one of the ones that came out to me most was working, and I'll use your phrase, was working to bridge the divide relationally. Mm. And and as I read that, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I served in the legislature at the time that I served. It was pretty even. I mean, with the moderate sided with the Ds. So us conservatives were about 50-50 with the Mod D coalition. And you had to learn to get along with folks. Right. So as I look at what your you know opponent, what Lacey Cruz, she has epically failed to to get along relationally. I've heard the stories. I've talked to members of the county commission who say it's a toxic work environment, that there's infighting and bickering and and she's not 
I mean, look, you've got to get along. And yeah. if you can't get along with your coworkers, and if, you're, if your platform is so entrenched that you can't find common ground, you're, you're actually being then a detriment to your, your constituents. I, I 100% agree. I, I, I want, and I, everyone that's involved in our campaign and anyone that's in, within earshot of me, I, I tell them that I want to shape our campaign as civility and collaboration. And what we've seen over the last, really the last several years here locally, is we've seen a poisoned well. Um, what we've seen is this lack of civility, and it has brought a stalemate into many progress uh, uh, progress and conversations here. It's been difficult to get things done here. Um, I believe on the local level that uh, if, if you're going to be a representative in a district here, then you've got to learn to have conversations and communicate yeah, to collaborate. Yeah, exactly. One of the things, we have so much talent here, but what we lack here so often is collaboration. The ideas, the wealth of compassion, the things that we have here, the resources here. If we can get in the room and collaborate, we're going to move us forward and make progress in many of the things that we all want for this community. And, and, and civility has to take precedent. I think everyone's tired. I think the common person that doesn't have a whole lot of involvement in politics, they're sick and tired of watching uh, this, this display of uh, this lack of civility that's taken place. And I think they want people to do their jobs, no, to get in the room and, and, and act like a statesman. You're absolutely right. And a, a good example is the non-discrimination order that the city of Wichita just passed, ordinance rather, that the city of Wichita just passed. That could have been done in a way that would have found common ground where both sides could have agreed had they made accommodations for people with sincerely held religious beliefs. Now, granted, I think those on the right, those probably wouldn't have liked it. Obviously, those on the far left wouldn't have liked it. But you know what? That's what compromise is. Instead, and I know you're running for county commission, this is a city issue, but they drove through such a divisive issue because Brandon Whipple wanted to, you know, check off something on a campaign promise. And you see, you've seen some of that at the county level, too. I mean, Lacey Cruz has taken divisive and unpopular positions on mask mandates, on you know restricting personal choice. Uh, like, for example, where do you stand on, on mask mandates? And some of the I, I, I saw an interview with her not too long ago where I got the distinct impression that if she could do a New York style vaccine passport, yeah. she'd do it. Yeah, yeah that's scary. I'll tell you, and you're right, what's happened is all these issues become so political that we lose common sense in many things. Um, and, and I believe, and where I stand uh, is where I really hope the Republican Party can really move towards, and that is properly communicating the role of limited government. Um, John, if you want to wear a mask, and I, I know where you stand on this. <laughs> I've done it. Listen, bud, if you wanted to wear a mask... I, I don't care. Right. I'm but, with you. But I'm against mask mandates. I'm with you 100%. You wear make the, it, don't wear it. You make the choice yourself, but the government shouldn't be making that choice for you. In this uh, vaccine, um, same thing. This is your choice between you and your family, your decision, your doctors. Do the research for yourself. But the government shouldn't be making that choice for you. I'm adamant. I can care less if you wear a mask. I can care less if you get the shot. But I do care about mandates, and I'm adamantly opposed to mandates because, again, that is – it's a violation of the political worldview that anchors me, which is the role of government in the lives of individuals. And this is one of the main reasons I'm running is, is what we've seen the last few years and, and how politics has seeped into this. Those individuals that a year and a half ago were screaming about mask mandates – now, when the COVID numbers are supposedly at, the, at their worst, where we're seeing this. Right. And yeah, they are. They're high. And, and they are. And that's a fact. I did a funeral three weeks ago for a woman that passed away from COVID. This is, it's real. Okay. 
But those people that were screaming about mask mandates are silent today when the numbers are where they're at. And why? Because it's not politically advantageous for them. Right, because they know they're on the losing side. It's politics. Yeah. And that frustrates me. If, 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 you, if, this is a, if this is your worldview, if this is a core conviction, then stand with your core conviction and don't be buffered off of it because of political uh, liability. And, and, and that's what we see. And I think that's what people are sick of. I, I think, you know, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's a perfect example because Lacey Cruz was one of those who was so adamant about the mask mandates. And you're right. I have not heard. And I, I fully expected to, actually, when, the, when that percent positive test rate went up. Yeah. 20%, 23%, it was going so high, I thought for sure we'd hear from them. Well, don't hold your breath, and, John. Well, I mean, no, and, and the reason we haven't is because they know they don't have the votes, they know they're going right. to lose, so they don't want to fight the fight. But you're right. If you're passionate, if you believe in it, if it's a core fundamental principle, fight for it. Well, and this lose is, if you're going to lose, but fight for it. You're right. And this is a lesson that we learn a lot in business, is when things get a little chaotic, when there's difficult decisions to be made and um, and where I stand is I'll go back to my core principles. I'll go back to the political worldview that anchors me. It, it, if there's difficult decisions to be made, I will always side on, on uh, liberty over regulation, liberty over restriction. And, and I think that's where we failed so often here the last two years is we favored and rolled more into restriction instead of faith. When, when we didn't know, Right. Government favored restriction over liberty. And I'll give people credit. Listen, two years ago, we didn't know a lot of things. There were a lot of questions uh, that we didn't have certainty on. But in those circumstances, you always favor liberty. You lean. You're, you should be shaped towards liberty, not restriction. Uh, air on the side of freedom. Air right. on the side of freedom. I, I would rather – I want to make those decisions for myself and my company. Yeah. I will mitigate my risk better than – uh, someone sitting on the county commission. We'll take a quick break. You mind sticking through the break? Let's do it, bud. We're talking with Sedgwick County Commission candidate Ryan Beatty. We'll be back right after this. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. With us still is Ryan Beatty, who is uh, running for Cedric County Commission, the, uh, the seat that is st- currently occupied by Lacey Cruz. Um, Ryan, I, you know, one of the issues that you're emphasizing uh, on your campaign platform, it was on your website, and it's one that I think we desperately need both at the city and the county level is transparency in mm-hmm. government. Um, Commissioner Cruz took a, a trip to Ghana. I know you're probably familiar with this story. Partially paid for by taxpayers' funds. She's also refused to allow the public. I don't know if you're aware. You know, she when she was vice commissioner or chair or whatever. Pro tem. Pro tem. Yeah, I don't know why you call it a pro tem. There's four people, five people on the committee. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> she was the second in charge, and uh, her and the chairman get to do the health briefings from the hospitals. And other county commissioners wanted to sit in on those. This was at the height of the pandemic, and they're wanting to get these briefings, and they wouldn't allow it. Mm. And they wouldn't allow the public to be a part of these. And it's just, you know, that type of refusing to be a part, to, to share with the public. She's also, you know, advocated for taxpayer money to go to local organizations that she sat on the board of. It just seems like transparency with her in particular has been an issue. Yeah, and what you see here... 
as you see this divide of trust, even that yeah. gap, it, it, it even gets greater. I mean, I don't trust her anyway because of her politics, but you can't trust her if she can't at least be honest with you about what she and, is. And this is what this is, John. This is an issue of stewardship. Um, and when you're asking to represent 105,000 people in a district, um, at the very least, they should know where you stand, the political worldview, the lens in which you see this world and how you make decisions. They need to be able to understand it and trust it. Um, this is an issue. It's an issue of stewardship. It's stewarding the trust of the people you represent. And I think so often, many times in politics, and again, I'm an outsider looking in, now getting into this space, is, is so many people don't see it as such. They see it as a job. Uh, they see it as a, a job. A very a, well-paid job, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but outside of they don't see it as, as leadership is about people. Leadership is about serving. It's about stewardship. It's about, uh, it's about loving people, frankly, John. And that's the ministry side of me coming out. Um, but in order to do that, people have to trust you. And they have to trust. And, and the best way to, to earn trust is to be transparent is to be open, is to let people know how you think. Let them know how you feel. Invite them into the process. That's how you build trust. And when you have trust, people will follow. Well, unlike the county or the city council races, the county commission seats are partisan. You're running as a Republican. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk some of the basic party platform issues. Sure. Life, Second Amendment. You know, Where do you stand on, on those, on the core fundamental platform issues? Yeah, great. So life is, uh, uh, this comes down to core conviction for me. Uh, you know, in this country, uh, we have 2,400 abortions a day in this country. Uh, in the womb, uh, we have a heartbeat at six weeks. Uh, we have a child that has a fingerprint at eight weeks. A child uh, in the womb uh, will recoil from pain at 10 weeks. Um, I'm a father of three children. I've seen sonograms. I've seen these things. Uh, I've been in the room. I've seen birth. Um, I, that's tangible evidence for me that life begins at conception. Um, it's tangible evidence for me, and I am uh, thoroughly uh, pro-life. Uh, I'm thoroughly pro-life from conception uh, to the grave. Um, I'm at, I, I'm, I advocate for foster care. I, for, I advocate for adoption. Um, it, there's a running joke in our office that I don't even kill bugs. <laughs> And, and listen, and, no, my wife is the same way. She'll pick up a spider and, and, people, and, and throw it out the door. And people yeah. laugh about it. But I value life. All life I value. That is rooted in me from a biblical worldview. That's not an opinion. That's not science. That's a biblical worldview that gives me that position. Um, and I'll tell you, and this is where some people side with me on, on, on our side of the aisle, is that also influences my opinion on capital punishment. I'm thoroughly pro-life, John. Uh, and, you know, that's an issue, and, and people, I've had listeners who've called in and asked, I, I even have fluctuated on this issue, because I know I've talked to Mark Bennett, I've talked to sure. other DAs who say it's a valuable tool we need in our resource, but at the same time, it's hard to be pro-life yeah. and support capital punishment, to so each I respect their, that position. To each their own, you make that choice for yourself, but for me, uh, I find an inconsistency in my belief if... Uh, if I'm not pro-life um, for all individuals. In, in the scriptures and in, in theology, we talk a lot about Imago Dei, that everyone's made in the image of God. Um, and, and that resonates with me, and it, it, that's what influences my position on issues of life. How about uh, Second Amendment rights? I know that's, yeah. you know, that we talked earlier, we had, the, we had Cam Edwards on and was mm. talking about how Joe Biden's, this is apparently... The next focus is going to be restricting gun rights. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, what on an issue nationally that has yeah. just completely, in my opinion, 
I know I'm being critical, but I think that we've lost uh, the message in many regards. We don't communicate this well. Let me tell you why I'm an advocate for the Second Amendment is because I reserve the right to defend my family. I deserve the right to protect myself. Um, I had a conversation just the other day with a friend of mine who is on the other side of the aisle and was talking about, well, I can see how, you know, in the 19th century and these days when it was just the Wild West that the, the people needed the Second Amendment, but it's not like that anymore. And my, I have a simple question back is, did evil go away? <laughs> yeah. Or, or is there no more evil in this world? I would contend that there's more evil in this world. Uh, and because of the Second Amendment that affords us the opportunity to defend ourselves against evil. I don't hunt. Um, my entire family hunts. I don't hunt because, again, I'm not the guy. I don't, I don't, I don't kill anything. Um, but it, it, the issue for me on the Second Amendment isn't about hunting rights and things. And, and we go that direction sometimes. And I understand the validity of that point, cultural things, hunting things. But for me, I'm an advocate. I defend the Second Amendment because I reserve the right to defend myself and my family against evil. And that's why the Second Amendment matters. So, I mean, when you're out, and I, I'm sure you've already started talking to folks, what are you hearing from, I, I'm sure if you talk to Republicans, they're going to, they're just going to be glad to have Lacey yeah. Cruz gone. But what are the issues that are coming up most? Is it, is it property taxes? Is it, is it the budget? Is it the fact that, you know, that, that district needs another EMS? What are you hearing most? Yeah, all those issues do come up in conversation. It's, 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 it is funny, you know, Lacey Cruz has become the boogeyman to the right. Um, and, uh, and I think most people that I have visited with, um, the issues that do come up top of mind are the, the role of government, um, but mental health. Yeah. Lots of conversations around mental health. And yet not with defunding the police in order to do it. No, and no, no. some on the left look at no, it, no, no. Uh, you have to de- do one without the other. We have a lack of resources and the resources isn't capital. The resources are people. Yeah. And I have some ideas, I have lots of ideas of how we can collaborate and do some things uh, to bring resources uh, into this community and access the resources we already have in this community to really make positive strides in addressing a mental health crisis. Well, I, much like you said, uh, they look at her as the boogie woman or the boogeyman or whatever. I, I, I think there is some truth to that, and I think to an extent she relished that role until probably now that she's up for re-election. Um, if folks are interested, they can find you on Twitter at Ryan underscore Beatty, B-A-T-Y, and your website is RyanBeatty.com if they want information, if they want to volunteer, if they want to donate, campaigns are expensive, you need money. I mean, it's just the truth of it all. Um, But if that's where they can go to get more information, reach out if they want to email you, if they have questions, that's the place to go, right? That's the place to go. Appreciate that. No, I appreciate you, brother. I wish you the best of luck. I'm sure we'll have you on again. But, uh, you know, it's not an easy race. The district is about 50-50 between Republican and Democrats. So you're going to have to campaign across the aisle, something she doesn't do. And I, I think I think you've got a really good shot at this. I hope Republicans will get behind you. I'm behind you. We will be behind you. We wish you the best of luck, brother. Thanks, John. Good to be here. We'll take a quick break. And uh, coming up after the top of the hour, we'll talk with Sherry Walker from Airline Employees for Health Freedom. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show, 98.7 to 1330 KNSS. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.